It's an honor for Cynthia and I to be here with all of you in, I guess, the big east of the New York City Church of Christ. And so I want to give a, a warm uh, hello to all of my brothers and sisters from all the different regions that are represented here today. Today we're going to talk about the subject of uh, wake up your faith. Wake up your faith. And you know, as you, as you make this journey in the Christian life, there are times when your faith is challenged, when your faith may seem a little weak, where it may not be on the level that you want it to be or at the level where it was when you first came to the Lord, when you were so excited, and you need a little boost to your faith. You need a little faith revival. I know I need that at times in my life. And so we're going to talk about today how to wake up your faith, how we can do that, and through our lives, give glory and honor to God. You know, the Bible says that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is a scripture that so many of us are familiar with, that God wants us to put our faith and our trust in him. The new, the message version says the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Now, I want to give you another definition for faith that you can take home with you, and you can meditate on this, and you can strive to put that into practice. And that is simply this, that faith, I'm trying to get this to move to the, the next slide. Am I getting some help? Okay, there it is. Faith is having the courage to let God have control. That's what faith is all about. Faith is you getting out of the driver's seat and turning your life over to God and saying, God, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let you lead me. I'm going to let you take me through the valleys, through the mountains. I will not doubt. I will not waver. I will not shrink back. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to hold on to you because you're the Lord God Almighty who will never disappoint me or let me down. That's what faith is all about. And that's what God wants his people to be full of. And if you've got that in you this morning, then glory be to God. But if you're lacking in it, we need to wake up your faith. Our goal today is to make progress in us no longer questioning God, no longer complaining when things go bad, no longer doubting when things don't go our way, but believing that God has a plan and that he is in control, he is over all, he is through all, he is in all, he sees all, he knows everything that's going on with us. And even in our darkest moments, his goal is to make our faith stronger. And this whole journey 
It's about refining our faith. His ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. If God's ways were my ways, Nietzsche would still be with us. But God said, I want him to come home and be with me. And you know what? I'm not going to argue with the Lord on that one. And I guarantee you today, Nietzsche has no argument either. He's not second-guessing or doubting God's plan. We're the ones who sit here and struggle and doubt God, and God is saying, just stop it already. I know what I'm doing. He ran his race. Now it's time for you to run yours. Faith is having the courage to let God have control. And the Bible goes on to say that without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't please God without having the courage to let him be in control of your life. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God is never more pleased with us than when we're on the edge of challenge and the edge of struggle and the edge of disappointment when we're right in the the midst of the battle and we say, I trust you, Lord. I have no doubt that you're going to pull me through. God wants us to live by faith. He wants us to live lives that are bold, courageous, and zealous because we were because we trust in him. He wants our faith to be big, to be sincere, to be daring, because it pleases him when we trust and do not doubt. That's what God wants his people to be, full of faith. You know, Jesus always challenged people with their faith. You know, as Jesus came back home to his hometown, He says, the Bible says he began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this mother's, isn't this, isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them only in his hometown, And in his own house is a prophet without honor. And he did not do many miracles there because of what church? Because of what? Does God want to work work miracles in our lives? Absolutely he does. Absolutely he wants to do great things in our lives. But he can't and he will not if we lack faith. If we have faith in him, there are no limits to what God can do. But a lack of faith stops God from being able to work through us and to move through us in the way that he wants to. A lack of faith cripples our walk with God. It makes our Christianity empty, stale, boring, lifeless. A lack of faith can lead to criticalness, cynicism, and even bitterness. A lack of faith keeps us from experiencing the Christian life to the full. You know, I've often used this analogy that if we were going to a carnival, that the Christian ride would not be the merry-go-round. 
It wouldn't be that little horse you get on and you just go around in circles. That's not what it would be. What would it be, church? It would be the roller coaster, wouldn't it? It would be the roller coaster. Well, God takes us up, then he takes us down. Then he takes us up again, then he takes us down. But the whole time, you got to hold on for dear life. Because God is going to make it interesting. And he's going to challenge you. And some of you, when you got baptized, I don't know what people told you when they counted the cost with you. Oh, this is going to be a wonderful life. Lord, going to bless you. You, you, you. You're going to be, you're just going to be awesome. Everything's going to work out. You're going to, you're going to get rich. You're going to get married. You're going to lose weight. You're going to be looking good. The Lord going to take care of you. You just, all you got to do is get baptized. Everything will go away. They lied to you. God forgive them. What they should have told you is when you go on that water and come up, this might be the hardest life you ever will live. But I tell you what, God's going to be with you. And one day when you finish the race and you see him, you're going to say it was all worth it. But right now you just hang in there, girl. You hang in there, brother. He says, well, Sam, nobody told me it would be this hard. The reason we didn't tell you because we didn't want you to fall away the day after you got baptized. If you knew everything you was going to go through the day you got baptized, you would have never went down in that water. But it's a journey. And he wants to do miraculous things in our lives, but he can't do it if we lack faith. So let's talk for a few minutes about how do you wake up your faith? How do you wake it up? And maybe yours is already up. Let's take it a little higher. Here are my three points real quick. I'm going to make them. You wake up your faith by hearing the right things. Number two, by saying the right things. And number three, by doing the right things. So let's talk about hearing the right things. Hearing the right things. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. You know, we, we talk about this so often. And yet it's still a struggle, struggle for many Christians. And that's a simple challenge to be in your Bible every day. To read the word, to, to feed on the word. Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The way you wake up your faith, when your faith is getting weak, you got to get in your, you got to get in the word. And you got to stay in the word. You guys remember back in 2003 when it looked like everything was falling apart in the church and everybody was blaming me for everything that went wrong. Remember that? Remember that? I forgive all of you. I do. I forgive you. But, but I, I, you got to stay in the word. My wife during that time, she read her, the Bible one hour every day. That's how she made it through. And that's how she helped me to get through. Because when you go back and you start reading your Bible and you compare what they went through to what you're going through, it puts it all in perspective. And so if you're going to wake up your faith, I want to challenge you today. You've got to get back in the word of God. Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? Are you in the word of God every day? Are you allowing God to speak to you daily? I don't even know how you make it through a day without hearing the voice of God from his word. There's too much temptation out there. There's too much craziness out there. There are even disciples in the church who will say crazy things to you. You better get back in your Bible so you can understand what God is saying to you. 
You want to wake up your faith? Get serious about the word of God. The psalmist says, in Psalm 119, he says, seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have they who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. How do you stay faithful? Not through depending on people. Not through just listening to men and women. You've got to know your word. You've got to know the word of God. You've got to be in the word of God. I think it's high time that we stop having to tell people who say the Bible is their standard that they need to read it. What's wrong with us? That we can't even discipline ourselves to get in the book every single day. The devil works overtime. He works overtime to keep us out of the word of God. You know, here's, here's that first soil in the parable of the soul. It says, those along the path are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word that was, the, the, away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be safe. The devil doesn't want you in the word every day. Because he knows if you're not in the word, your faith is going to get weak. And you're not going to know how to overcome those struggles. You're not going to know how to have victory. And so that's why you struggle. You get up in the morning and go, well, I know I need to read, but let me do this first. Oh, I know I need to read, but I'm going to do You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to do it at lunchtime. And then, you know, do it, no, I'm going to do it as soon as I get back home from work. Oh, and I'm going to do it before I go, go to bed at night. And, and then you open your, 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 your Bible right there where you're in the bed with your head on the pillow. And you know what's going to happen. Now it's the next morning. Well, I'm going to read it and you start doing the same old thing all over again. Stop it already. Before you do anything, you open the word of God and you say, Lord, speak to me. You gave me a new day. I need some time with you. Speak to me, Lord. And you get in that word of God and you discipline yourself because the devil is working so hard to keep you out of the word. If you're here and you're, you're interested in becoming a Christian and you want to become a disciple, let me tell you something. The devil is going to work to keep you from studying the Bible. See, we're not one of those churches where after the end of the sermon, we're just going to stand up and have people say a prayer and accept the Jesus into their heart. Because we need to know what's going on in your heart. We're going to ask you to study the Bible. Because we don't want you to join a church. We want you to get connected to Jesus. We want you to know God. And the only way you can know God is what? You got to get in the word of God. So whether anybody in us in here stays around for a long time or a short time, your convictions are built on the word of God. That's why I love the word. It strengthens me. It gives me conviction. It helps me to make it through the valley. The word of God is what we need to be committed to. We're supposed to be a church where the word is our standard, not men. We're here today because we want to hear the word of God preached. We're not, you're not here to hear my jokes. You're here to hear the word of God. And I'm here to tell you, you need to get in the word because the true test of your Christianity is not what you do here this morning. It's what you do when you leave here. What you're going to do Monday through Saturday. And I challenge every one of us in here this week, get in the word every single day.
so that you can wake up your faith. The word of God is powerful. And I got to finish this so I can get on to my second point. Help me out back there. The word of God is a sword that pierces. Read it. It'll cut you up. It's a mirror that reveals. It shows you what you really look like spiritually. It's a seed that produces. It's powerful. And just one seed can lead to many becoming disciples of Christ. It's milk that nourishes. It it feeds us. It's a lamp that shines. It guides the, the path of my feet and keeps me out of sin. It's a fire that consumes. It's a hammer that shatters. See, when we're studying the Bible with people, we want the word to be open because the word will speak to them. It will convict them. It will turn their lives around and it'll help keep the saved saved. Have you lost your fire this morning? Are you, are you, are you a Christian who, who, who looks like a, a Geritol Christian? You just lost your, your edge. You're lifeless. You have no joy. Other people laughing and you going, what's wrong with them? Why they, what they had before? I'm carrying my cross. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. There should be some joy in your Christianity. But you'll find that joy when you're in the word every day. Are you in the word daily? Get in your word. Get in the word of God. And it'll wake up your faith. Are you hearing what God has to say to you when you go through trials? Are you hearing what he has to say? Not what your negative friends have to say. Not what your co-workers have to say. But are you hearing what God has to say? I've never heard God say give up. I've never heard God say you can't. I've never had heard God say, well, that won't happen or can't happen in your life. What I do hear God saying is if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's the way my God talks. That's the way he deals with trial and struggle. I hear my God saying, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what has been done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done for you. If you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer, get in the word. Let God speak to you. You have a little talk with Jesus and that'll wake up your faith. Because he's a God that's full of faith. Secondly, you wake up your faith by saying the right things. By saying the right things. What do you mean, Sam? Well, you know, there are people that say they have faith. They just don't confess it. And here in John chapter 12, is it John 12? Yeah, John 12. It says, yet at the same time, many among the believers believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their sin, or confess their faith rather. They needed to confess their sin, but confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they love the praise from men more than praise from God. So when we become Christians, we have to confess our faith. What is your good confession? Jesus is Lord. God wants to hear, even as Jesus saved people, he would ask them, do you believe? And he says, yes, Lord. He asked him, what do you want? He says, Lord, 
We, we want to be saved. Well, do you believe I'm able to do this? And, and he was looking for an answer. Not just a nod. Not just sign language. He wanted to hear them say, yes, I believe. Life is full of trials and challenges. And God wants to hear us say, God, you can bring me through. He wants our faith to be verbal, to be outspoken. He wants us to stand up and say, I trust in you. Deliver me. I know you can. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is David and Goliath. You know, when David was facing Goliath, his brother, Eliab, this is what he had to say. Why do you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are, how wicked your heart is. You came down here only to watch the battle. See, that's how some people are when you're trying to be faithful. They just destroy your faith. You ain't never going to be nothing. I don't even know why you're here. You, you know you, you're good for nothing. Look at you. Conceited. I mean, it's like this is, this is his own brother. And it's like, and you came down here to watch the battle. You know what he should have said? What battle? I don't see anybody fighting. All I see is a bunch of cowards running up in the caves. What battle are you talking about? But David was nice. And then King Saul, this is what he said to him. He says, you are not able to go up against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he's been fight, a fighting man from his youth. You can't do it. Isn't it amazing how many Christians can discourage you? I think some people have the gift of discouragement. They just walk in the room and all the lights just go out. You bring a little baby near him and the baby goes, ah, ah, ah. I mean, it's like, they're just those kind of people. They, just, they, they look like they were baptized in vinegar. Just, whole time, whole Christian life, just, and, and, and you don't need to be around people like that. You, and they just remind you, 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 you can't win. Don't even try. Your God's not big enough. See, this is why these guys fail. Now, look at what David has to say. Look at what David said. David said, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Man, that's a, that's a statement of faith. Then he went on to say, your servant has been fighting his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Can you picture that? He got a lion by the hair. This brother's bad. Man, a lion come running up in here. I'll run so fast, y'all wouldn't even, y'all think I was a vapor. I'd be out of here. I got to grow on my faith. But anyway, go on. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. My God is a great God. Nothing is impossible with him. And if it's me and God, we're a majority. That's the way David felt. And that's what he said. Some of us, we're just so afraid to make statements of faith. 
I will be used by God. I will be fruitful to God's glory. I will get married by the grace of God. You're scared to say it. Say, well, Sam, there's, there's, a, there's not many brothers. How many brothers do you need? All you need is one. You tell me God's too big to give you one. Come on, church. Is our God able to do it? Absolutely. They might come all the way from Africa. You don't know. You don't know. You just got to say it. You got to say it. Have mercy, Jesus. David said, I will win. I will be successful. My God is able. He has delivered me and he will deliver me again. You got to believe it. You got to pray bold prayers. You know, when we were trying to, to, to find out who would be the next region leaders for Brooklyn, I didn't know who, but God did. God did because he always has a plan. Phil and Leslie didn't even know that they were going to be the next region leaders for, the, for the Brooklyn. But God did. I didn't know who would be the next region leaders for the Bronx. But something now, we just prayed about it. And, and we got the phone call from Maurice and Lauren said, we'd like to visit New York and just hang out with y'all. I said, honey, what you think this is about? She says, I don't know, but it could be an answer to prayer. And it was an answer to prayer. And right now they're leading the Bronx region of the New York City Church of Christ. All you got to do is is start saying things by faith. Stop being negative. Stop being cynical and start believing God's going to give me that job. God's going to provide for me. God's going to open the door for me. God's going to help my children become disciples of Jesus Christ. I know you think they won't, but I believe that they will. My God's a great God. Nothing is too hard for my God. Come on, church. Say something like you believe it by faith. And then finally, we've got, I don't even know how long I've been going, but I'm going to finish up. How do you wake up your faith? By doing the right things. James tells us in James 2, James 2, 14, he says, we all know this. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed and does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Let me tell you one other story. We're going to be wrapping this up. In the time that the King Saul was king, the Israelites were in dismay. They were discouraged. They were being defeated. And on one occasion, his son, Jonathan, decided we need to do something. Only two people in the whole camp had swords. 
So I don't know what they were going to fight with. They were just going to shout out the enemy. That wasn't going to do it. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 13 that the Philistines assembled to fight Israel and with, with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Big Mass east of Beth-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the, the rocks and in pits and in cisterns. And that's how some Bible talks are. Everybody just hiding. Nobody expect anything to happen. Why, why are we meeting? Well, we're just going to meet to join in mutual depression. Somebody has, has got, at some point, got to say enough already. And so you know what Jonathan did? You can help me out back there. It says, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer in 1 Samuel 14, Come! Let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Here's the, here's the great part. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do you believe that? Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. Instead of sitting around and analyzing. Some of us, we can analyze the whole church. Let me tell you what the problem is with the kingdom. I got it. Can you fix it? I ain't about fixing it. I'm just about telling you what's wrong. Let me tell you what's wrong with these people. Let me tell you why it ain't working. Instead of doing that, oh boy, here we go. Just everything's falling apart. That's the devil trying to mess with me, but it ain't gonna work. All right, says, and, and, and sometimes we just analyze, I can tell you what's wrong with the edge ministry. You can. What's wrong with it? You know what's wrong with it? You what's wrong with it. Because we can analyze and we can criticize, but are we ready to do something? Don't just analyze the youth and family ministry. Help us. Help us. Don't, don't, don't just sit around going, I know what's wrong with campus. I know what's wrong with this. You know, I, I just want to, to give some honor to some folks. You know, in our youth and family ministry there in the Bronx, one of our struggles was getting everybody to camp. But, you know, camp is expensive. I'm glad my children have already gone through it because back, back then it was like two, $300. I know, but a lot different than what y'all are paying, inflation and all that, I understand. And praise God for James and Nina. We put them in charge of it. And this past year, they raised over $9,000. And the cost for all of our kids to go, all of them wanted to go, was like $30 per child. Instead of sitting around going, Sam, 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 why? We ain't got no money. What we going to do? People won't, can't go. The, 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 the single moms, they ain't got enough money. And the married people, they don't want to give that much money to send them, them folks all the way down to Pennsylvania. What we going to do? Ah, yeah, yeah, cry, cry, cry. They said, let's raise the money. Raise the money. We got the money, people. You got the money. You know, we're going to challenge the church in a week or two to raise the contribution. You know why? Because we need to do great things for God. And they raised over $9,000, and all those kids went to camp for a lot less than my kids went to camp. 
because somebody said, let's do something. Let's do something. You know, I was talking to Sean and Robert. I said, well, what are y'all up to? What are you doing? They said, we're back on campus. They went back on campus and they took everybody with them who wanted to go. You know how old Sean is now? Sean, like 50-something years old. When Sean go on campus and he meet people, they go, yes, sir. You looking for your children, sir? Why are you here? Are you a professor? Sean's like, I'm here to lead a Bible talk. 50 years old. Now, Robin, they, they think that she's a student. But, but when you look at Sean, they, they, but here's the thing. Instead of sitting around going, what's wrong with my campus ministry? 50 years old. Back out there on campus because they want to see something happen for God. And not only that, God's blessed it and they're baptizing people. Are you ready to do something? Says, well, Sam, what can I do? You can pray. You can start a prayer chain. What can I do? You can fast. This past month, Maurice challenged the whole Bronx ministry. Everybody consecrate yourselves. Fast from something. I fasted from desserts. And the sister on the road with me said, Sam, I got something for you. I, I just made a, a nice peach cobbler. And I, I want to give it to you. And I went, no, you didn't. And I couldn't even take it because I had to start fasting. I even asked Maurice, when does the fast start? He said, today. And we consecrated ourselves because we wanted to send a message to God. God, we believe in you. We know you can do something great. And God is beginning to open the doors for souls to be saved because people fasted, consecrated themselves, and they're starting baptizing people today, I think, because of those efforts. Do something. First Samuel 14, it says that Jonathan and his armor bearer went up and they killed about 20-something guys when everybody else was looking around going, nothing's happening. Do not ask God to guide your footsteps if you're not willing to move your feet. Wake up your faith. Do something. This week, do something. Share your faith. Have somebody. You got that nice home, nice apartment, nice new TV, all that. For what? So you can go in and fall asleep watching it? Have somebody over. If you can't cook, that's why they got KFC. <laughs> Have somebody over. By faith, do something. God is ready. Let's wake up our faith this week. Hear the right things. Say the right things. Do the right things. Let's pray together as we come to a close.